Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Thursday, January 25, National Florida Day. Never been to Florida. Actually, I did go when I was younger. My first NBA game, I went to Orlando Magic against Wizards. Uh, Gilbert Arenas was on the Magic. They won by about 25. It was it was a good time. So, you ever been to Florida? I know Owen has. I have not. No, air. My bad. Yeah. 0 for 1. I want to go to Florida so bad. Well, so bad. you wanted to go on July 4th. Me? Yeah, didn't you? No, I I uh, I think oh, I floated the I'm over I floated a Florida trip to Phil. Um, I think that I think I was trying to hit like March, April, not July. So who wanted to it's go on July fourth? Because I remember somebody wanted to go on July fourth. Definitely not July fourth for me. Uh, that might have been somebody else. I'd, I do remember that uh, having that conversation, and I I would guess it was Adam or sorry a- Alex. That I think Alex is lying to me right now. I think I'm not over. <laughs> He's two. captain. He is. He is. No, but like in all seriousness, though, I really do want to go to Florida. I just don't have any takers right now. Like, like, why do you want to go to Florida so bad? What's like, I just want to go. Like, I just look sick. Looks dope. It looks fun. Like, I want to go, like, chill on the beach, see, check out Miami a little bit, see some Crocs. You are something else, man. I I don't know how to even really describe it. And you're somehow not the most confounding person to me today because Adam is just lacing into that chicken and rice which i still i have inhaling i have not seen a grain of rice in that thing (laughs) yeah um well on the florida thing i've i've been to disney world which you know Mm -hmm. that's there and i mean i've heard from some people that the two best places to live are either tampa or edmonton so (laughs) who told you that (laughs) yeah it's just this one guy that I follow, this Bucks fan. I keep, I always oh. send his tweets to Phil. Oh, right. okay. great. Yeah. A raw little inside joke there. Inside baseball for the two people yeah, in our deep. DMs. Um, I've also been to Disney World there. I remember it well. I went to the Harry Potter. I had the butter beer and stuff. And it was, it was awesome. I would go again. I feel like Disney, as an adult, gets a bit of a bad rap. But I would 100% go again and just check out the scene maybe not so many rides but i just love the i love the atmosphere although there's some i feel like weird guys around there though to be fair i feel like it's it'd be so much more tough as an adult because like as you're as a kid you you don't there's none of there's like no cost right like your parents are paying for everything i feel like it'd be an expensive trip classic owen great point though (laughs) oh absolutely dude (laughs) really good point (laughs) i'm a cheap guy the most owen point (laughs) Of all time, dude. I'm a cheap guy. There's no Costco in Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) Owen's kids are gonna have a brutal go. Owen's gonna take them to the Flames game like once a uh, decade. No popcorn, (laughs) no soda. Like there's no share a hot dog. Yeah, he's gonna like cutting the hot dog. Yeah, Yeah. he's gonna be at the station where you put on like the mustard and stuff with the the plastic knife, just lacing into the hot dog, cutting it up into pieces. We'll be sneaking in our own PB and J's. (laughs) Yep. I remember once I was at a theater seeing Creed. This is just story time for me today. And there were two ladies in front of me, and they pulled out like tuna sandwich. They pulled out a PB and J, and they were snacking down like 
four or five sandwiches and i really respected like the foresight to to go in there and have everything ready to go and that's like you need like an hour prep to make all those sandwiches and everything you know what i mean you do yeah it's major dedication <laughs> snacks and everything cookies a little bit of a like he wouldn't i don't think he'd make a sandwich but he did come in with a bunch of snacks when we watched <laughs> yeah. that movie so shout out cookie he did he he brought a whole bag and adam can tell what he did when he traveled with him people know cookie's been on this show before so i don't feel like we're throwing him under the bus oh, yeah. but yeah we get to seattle it's like you know you finish you complete your trip you open the hotel room door and normally like most people you know you throw your stuff down and you like lay down for a bit Cookie throws his bag on the bed, zips it open, and just pulls out a couple bags of Smarties and just tosses them on the bed. Like, first order of business, get the Smarties some breathing air, dude. It was sick. Throw, throwing, <laughs> throwing the bag on the bed is heat. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a germaphobe, but, like, that, that's pretty heat. Like, I know the hotel oh. rooms aren't the cleanest things in the world, but airport germs right on the bed. <laughs> Yeah, he was like in a rush to get the Smarties out of the suitcase. Like, they was he worried about thing. melting? Yeah. I don't know, dude. He's, he's panicking. <laughs> he's like the dye might rub off of him, and I only like the red ones. That would be sick. Wow. Phil did say we'd uh, we'd never run one of these pods again, and here we are. Yeah, the lunchtime pods. I mean, it's, why? It, well, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I don't mind doing it. I, if if everybody's available, everybody's available. But now it's not so bad. Alex has a big massage too. I'm curious about this massage. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Like I, uh, but yeah, this is like my first one since coming back from Europe. But it's great. It's like uh, this uh, Korean like family, though they're really good at what they do. So uh, I've been going to them for a bit now. Do you feel a difference at work? Yeah, I mean, it helps lower your stress a little bit, I'd say, and everything. So I'd, I'd recommend it, you know. The thing is, the nice thing about the lunchtime pods, I will say, is everybody gets very spread out. Like Owens, for some reason, at platform nine and three quarters in Harry Potter right now, just back against the wall, <laughs> just pure orange brick. And I know he's at school because the common like mute because people are moving around from classes is just <laughs> legendary stuff. So he doesn't have to unmute if he doesn't want to. But let me actually get... I want to taste the environment. Just unmute. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's not bad right now. It sounds <laughs> great. It does. The conversation just ended. Oh, he... So, Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, if there's any background noise, that's why. Let's do the picks while we still got Adam here. <laughs> Last week, we went one and three. Heat. This week, maybe Heat. we can go two and oh. Uh, I'm looking forward to both of these games. Which one do you want to start with? On what pick do you feel strongly about? What game are you more excited for? However you want to take it, go ahead. Which wait? Which one's on Saturday? There's news. So they're both on Sunday. <laughs> both on Sunday. <laughs> well, I, either way, I think the one I'm most excited for is the uh, is the Chiefs and the Ravens. I think that this game is going to be a little more interesting with the just the, the matchups. That's what Jones would say. I'd go with this matchup too. But only really just because I'll, I'll be watching this one, I think, the closest just because I'm so sick of the Chiefs. Like, oh, my God. Like, what is this, like, six or seven AFC championship appearances? Like, I'm, I'm kind of sick of this team. So I really want the Ravens to to stomp these guys um, and, uh, and and get to the Super Bowl. So And then 49ers-Lions, obviously, I'd like the Lions to win, but... I wouldn't be hating too much if the if the Niners get out on top. So, but people know how you feel about the Niners. People do know how I feel about the Niners, but that just goes to show you how much I like hate the Chiefs. 
there's like a whole like NFL is gonna rig the game so that they can get Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm like, oh, oh brother. And yeah, the Kelseys are a little. That was a little too much. I wasn't really a fan. I didn't think it was that cool. Um, that Jason Kelsey was shotgunning beers and jumping over the railing at the Bills uh, stadium. So no, I agree with you 100. percent I want the Chiefs to get knocked off. We talked about with with tones. I like the Ravens. I think this is going to be a good good win for them. Um, but there is a little bit of a, a scary factor picking against Mahomes. I'm not going to lie. I don't feel 100% confident, even though I think the Ravens 53 through 2 are probably better. But when you get down to that number one guy, it's like the number one advantage in the league. So I am a little scared about it, but I like, I, I'm I'm Mr. Ravens this week. Phil, yeah. did you see Warren Sharp's tweet about the, the ref? I did. It's not that concerning to me. I don't think the NFL no. is going to rig a game. I'm with Alex. I think that <laughs> we're going to be just fine letting the game play out as is. It is a little bit coincidental, though, because this guy's got all you the You don't stats. think they want to like maybe influence it a bit, though? Like push it in one direction? Yeah, that's the no. heat thing. I, I don't know. But it's weird that they would pick this one guy if they didn't, right? Like I, I don't believe that yeah. they do, but this is a strange coincidence. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Adam's Mr. Believe the narrative at all times. Well, let's also be, Mr. Back true. the Ref. And and Owen's Mr. Yeah. If we can get a conspiracy going, like let's <laughs> let's start going deep into some channels here. I listened to a lot of Warren Sharp and I sorry to hear that. <laughs> I know. I, I hear a lot of his like ref takes and stuff, but I feel like no matter what the game is, he has some stat that fit like the ref favors like this stat and like no matter what the game is he finds something and then there's also the fact that it's like okay it's Mahomes like every ref is probably gonna have a stat that's like the Chiefs win this many games when he's re and it's like yeah they win no matter who's refing so yeah I, I'm not really there are sure. some weird stats I agree there are some like when this ref is refing games um the lions convert on fourth down more than any other like it's like yeah. okay come on like it's like when this when this crew's on the field expect to see holding calls on second down <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh okay. <laughs> but but but, you, but but you have to admit though if the nfl was going to influence the outcome of games that'd probably be the best one of the better ways to do it without getting overly involved yeah well, there's like a but fine do you line. think they actually like I how many people do you think would they would draw in um, just because like Taylor Swift would be at the game. Like, is that an actual thing or you guys don't think oh, that would actually big pull in? I think it is a thing. I think it is a thing. Unfortunately. Yeah. The Swifties are still like, it's crazy to see some of the, some Damn, of the tweets, man. Just for like, cause they're, they'll be panning to her like every three minutes. Oh yeah. Well, I said Which, that, that actually might go down as the worst Super Bowl then of all time. I'm just, I'll pencil it in right now. <laughs> well, Seriously. you already have the best Bengals Rams. So that nothing will compete with that. Nothing but. will top Bengals Rams. That was, I, I, I love that Super Bowl. <laughs> that was a great game. I, was well, a great I, was, <laughs> I love the Ravens and I'm with, with tones. I think it's like, not even just because I like them. I just think it's going to be like a big Ravens win. Like this is reminding me of, Ravens Niners, Ravens Lions, like this team has never struggled this season other than when they have the like seven, eight red zone drop games. I love the Ravens. The yeah. bank will be rocking. The bank. Let's go. I, I mean, I, I love the Ravens too. I think this number is way, way too low. Last week, the Ravens, I mean, they were off obviously off a off a bye, but they looked like they hadn't missed a step. That was the best defense, best defensive performance I've seen in the playoffs, probably. Uh, like I said, with Hutones, it looked like they generated pressure on every single drop back. And that's against like not a, you know, that's a 
it's definitely not a shabby offensive line. So I thought that was impressive. Um, and then Lamar Jackson, he started maybe a bit, a bit slow, but he looked amazing towards the end of the game. So I think it's a, like clearly the Ravens are the best team, especially at home. I'd be shocked. And they're getting this Mark Andrews back. Yeah. Which is and, that's big. Uh, yeah. Number one receiver. So I would anticipate they win by a touchdown. Yeah. I like that prediction too. I think the Ravens are going to make this not as close as people think, but I understand the temptation to just pick Mahomes Cause if he pulls this off with this receiving oh. crew and this team, I mean, what are we even going to say anymore? Greatest. Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of, if he gets this done, I, I, You'd have to say that he's he's right up there. I don't want to even have that conversation until it happens, but just know how impressive it would be. Is this his greatest like challenge of his playoff yeah. career? God, I can't I can't think of anything close really. Yeah, because I know like the year they beat the loss to the Bucks, uh, his offensive line was terrible, but he still had like Hill and you know yeah. the enemy. So and I think this Ravens team is better than that Bucks team, if I'm being honest. For sure. Well, wait, what's so much different from uh, this Chiefs team as opposed to the last, like last year's Chiefs team? Like the receivers are still heat. They lost Juju. Yeah, I think it's Biennemi to Nagy is the main concern. Yeah, yeah. a little subtraction by addition. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, yeah, but I don't know though still. I feel like Juju and like no one's going to be like, and then he lost Juju and Biennemi and he still won a Super Bowl. But I think also... <laughs> He's like a reliable guy. Like he and will Kel- catch the slant. And Kelsey looks worse. He does. Uh, not last game, notwithstanding, he looks worse. Yeah, I my favorite thing is just they say like, oh, Kelsey. I mean, he's he's just dragging his feet to the finish line. And it's like, well, he had two touchdowns and about nine catches, so I think he's doing okay. But I agree, he doesn't look the same for the most part. But he's still getting the stats just because. I mean, he's he's probably up there with Gronk for the greatest tight end ever if he's going to oh, add sure. another one. I mean, Gronk didn't, also, didn't have the shelf life that Kelsey did. Related note, my favorite subgenre of tweets are uh, the tweets that like um, make fun of Gronk being dumb. Like there'll be some quote about how like like a quote, like a fake quote from him. And it just sounds like he's like an idiot. Have you guys seen these? No. Yeah. Well, this is become a trend and even with one of my stars that i don't appreciate but yeah what where are you going i'm so lost like right scotty now. barnes like people oh, think oh yeah but that's a little more like, serious implications there that's well I, 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 just, i've seen some heat stuff about gronk too which i just think is ridiculous well, yeah, sorry to stuff, no no it's good it's just like they just talk like have him speak in these fake quotes like he's like a jock like a really stupid guy yeah, yeah, like he's from Blue Mountain State or something. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> I think it's funny. Wow, I need to get on this wave of Twitter. You got to send me some of those. Yeah, you got to start infiltrating the base. Well. My, my Twitter still thinks I'm a uh, Saints fan, dude. I just get hurled tweets about the Saints nonstop. Like, relax, I really don't care about Dennis Allen. People know that. Uh, Lions game against the 49ers. Let's start with Adam because I know he's got his, he's on the clock here. I mean, I love the Lions. It would make me happier. It's the team I want to cheer for. And I mean, sure, the Niners offense, this and this, but I'm not too convinced by their defense. And uh, I think their quarterback can be prone to some mistakes under a lot of pressure, like he will be this weekend. So I would prefer to pick the Lions. I love the Lions pick too, just because at this point, I kind of think they're playing with house money too. Like this is already a very successful season, I'd say for them. And then the other thing was like, I mean, that, Niners Packers game was probably a little closer than I think most people thought 
it would get to just because I think lots of people thought the 49ers were like these massive favorites that were just going to crush the Packers. Um, And all credit, I mean, like Jordan Love played really well and everything, but that was still a pretty close game. Um, And I'd say the Lions are, are a much better team than the Packers. So um, sure, like the 49ers will clean stuff up and everything. But like Adam said, if they can get pressure to Brock, Purdy, try and stifle their offense a little bit and just, I mean, I think the Lions offense is better than the Packers offense, right? Um, so that'll be another issue for them that they'll have to deal with. Like, I, well, how much did Love put on him? Like three touchdowns or something like that? Um, so, yeah, like it'll it'll be tough for them to actually even do anything about the Lions offense. So I like the Lions to keep this a pretty close game. Yeah, I absolutely love us in this game. Raw um, us. I think uh, the, the 49ers, specifically Brock Purdy, looked really shaky last week. I know there were some weather concerns, but... Like he just didn't look like he was accurate on throws. He was clearly getting flustered um, down the stretch, and even his game-winning drive, I think, was yeah. I wouldn't say Mickey Mouse, but it's not outside of that one throw to to Jennings. It wasn't like he was, you know, prime twenty twenty Aaron Rodgers out there. So I like the way our our offense looked last week. Um, obviously, our defense is the concern, but I think it's held up okay so far in the playoffs. Like maybe decent. I like the idea that, you know, Dan Campbell and uh, and Ben Johnson have this like bag of tricks and they've got like this ultimate bag that they haven't broken out yet. I, st- I, actually, I think that's there's something there. Um, so I'm expecting a wild game and I think we can, we can keep it closer or win outright. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the Lions and it's not even so much like could I see a world where the 49ers just come out and commit air assault on the Lions and they dominate them and it's 28 nothing at halftime? Yes, I can picture that world. But now that we're so close, I just want the Dan Campbell Super Bowl more than anything. I want it like I need air. And I do like the idea that there's an ultimate bag of tricks, but that also concerns me because that ultimate bag of tricks might be like, okay, zero, zero first quarter, like 13 minutes to go fake punt on fourth and eight, like reverse end around. Like let's, let's save this one up. We've been waiting. So that's a little scary to me, the ultimate bag of tricks, but I love the lines. I want them to win very badly. And for us, with Tones versus Tony Super Bowl, we pretty hype. That's all I'm going to say. It would be pretty would hype. Be. So I'm hoping that we can get it. So let's ride the Lions and the Ravens. And uh, yeah, we're, I think, 16 games over 500 on the season. So we're just finishing strong. And then obviously we got the prop picks uh, coming at the Super Bowl. Last year, Alex, of course, hit the uh, Rihanna wearing red, no cleavage, which was just, I think he got like 10 to 1 on that parlay, which was, yeah. I mean, that was crazy hype. So we're going to run that back again this year, of course, which is uh, very exciting. But I guess we could start with Owen's guy, Jim Harbaugh. It seems like pretty imminently he's going to be going to the Chargers. As far as a coaching hire goes, this one to me is kind of like a problem-solved thing. Like it's like pretty easy. Like you hire one guy and most of the problems are solved. That's that's honestly what I think with this guy. I think he's going to bring such a level of professionalism to them. I don't worry about the college like to the pros transition I'm not worried about it. I think this is a very serious move. So I'm I'm happy that they're getting it done, to be honest, because I want the Chargers to be good. I don't think there's anybody on earth that's like higher on Jim Harbaugh than I am. So to me, this is like, this is the guy that you would get. Like, I, I can't imagine a better fit for the Chargers, especially considering I'm like a, they're in my B tier of, of favorite teams. Well, I was going to say um, they might be inching up on the Jets for number one spot. 
to be honest. <laughs> they're, they're getting close. Uh, the Jets aren't, you know, they're not really doing a lot to hold it down. So, no. uh, so I do like the Chargers uh, a lot more because of this. And and I think like the one thing that Jim Harbaugh does really, really well, better than a lot of other coaches is I think he raises the floor of a team higher than a lot of other coaches can. Um, so I think right away you're going to see like obviously the defense can't really get worse, so it really doesn't matter who you slot in. I think the defense is going to get better. He's made his his bread on teams where he doesn't really have a great quarterback. So now that he has a great quarterback, I think this is going to be maybe a version of him that we haven't really seen. I know, I know, he obviously, you know, had some quarterback turmoil, and maybe he had a good quarterback here and there in San Francisco. But I think this is the best situation he's ever been in. So I'm I'm really really excited to see what he does. I think it's like a slam dunk, slam dunk. I'm with you 100. percent I know Alex is a bit of a Charger fan fan, to be honest, after his trip to the SoFi Stadium. So maybe it'll be nice for him to see them pop up. And the Chargers have been such a well-run machine the last couple of years. Of course, the Raiders, it makes total sense to snap in and hire the the head of the snake. You know, as their new GM, uh, Tom Telesco, he was there 11 seasons. He amassed a pretty unbelievable record, 85 and 94. Uh, three playoff appearances with prime Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert really a a stellar resume when you look at it so i'm sure alex is just jazzed about this new addition to the raiders as well as keeping antonio pierce yeah well yeah the raiders didn't want to do like a first time uh, head coach first time uh, gm combo he does have some like obviously it's heat that he didn't manage to do too much with justin herbert and prime philip rivers and everything but I mean, at the same time, I feel like he did craft some of the one of the best rosters in the NFL. Now, why that didn't translate on field, I I don't know. Um, it's probably like a coaching issue with Brandon Staley and everything. And I do agree that uh, he probably kept Staley um, maybe longer than he should have. But I don't know that could have been a like a uh, ownership thing too to not fire him. I have no idea. But um, the Raiders have just been awful with draft picks and picking um, for the last like ten years. So. I mean, if he can help us in that department, that would be great. He drafted Derwin James, Herbert, Rashawn Slater. Like those are all really good picks and stuff. So I think how much blame can you put on him though? Because I think like two years ago, or even last like last year, like the Chargers had one of the best roster ro- rosters in the NFL. I don't know what else um, he honestly could have done. I think that's all you can ask for from a GM. Sure, he maybe bottled like botched the uh, the coaching hire, but I don't know. I I don't think there's too many things I can nitpick him on exactly from his Chargers tenure. Yeah, see, I don't know because I kind of thought the same, but when I looked into it, it's like to me, and I'm not trying to hate on the Raiders here, but I just didn't understand the thought. Like you mentioned, the first time GM, first time coach thing. It's like okay. And then they mentioned that they like that he has experience in the AFC West. It's like, what is, what does that even mean? Experience in the AFC West? You're not looking for Raider or Chargers expertise as the new guy on the Raiders. Like, I don't really understand the thought process behind that. And then you cite those picks, and it's like, yeah, but those are the first round picks. Like, where are the guys late in the draft that he's hitting? Where are those free agent pickups that are really smash successes? Like, obviously, we know the failures, like the JC Jack. Jackson ones and all that but really outside of Keenan Allen in the third round which he made in his first year there it's like Joey Bosa was the third pick 
Tua and Burrow were gone by the time he picked Herbert, so he had to take the best quarterback left. Like I, I just wasn't really that impressed by his by his resume, to be honest. And I don't want the Raiders to be bad. I want them to be good. But it seems like to me this is another situation where in three or four years they're just going to be replacing the GM and the coach again because I don't really understand this hiring phase at all. Well, that's fair. Um, because like personally, I'm not like you know, doing backflips with the hires we just did, right? Like AP no. is, I don't know, TBD, I guess. We'll see. Um, I, I don't know who else was out there on the market exactly that would have kind of fit that, you know, as much experience as he had. Oh, no, that's Heath. Uh, <laughs> as GM? No, I'm good with the <laughs> Patriots people, thanks. I don't need any more Patriots people. Um, but yeah, I don't know who else was out there that honestly we could have taken, I guess, with that sort of experience. Now, the track record, I don't know. You can judge that for yourself. But yeah, I, I do agree with Phil that like this kind of does feel like it could be, you know, in three, four years where, you know, looking for a new head coach and a new GM all over again. So I don't know why they don't ever just empty the clip on just like a big time coach or a big time GM. It's always well the last kind of some randos. The last well, time tried Gruden, yeah, but yeah. even that was like you hired him from the booth after like ten years off, you know. So yeah, in retrospect, the Gruden Mike Mayock combo wasn't really <laughs> destined for success. In retrospect, who could have seen that one coming? But. No, I, I don't know. I, I hate to be a hater because I, I do think there's something too. Like if a guy can hold a job for 11 years, like clearly he's doing something right. It's not like the NFL's like a, a mom and pop where you get to keep your job because the owner likes you. I really don't believe it works that way at all. So uh, it's clearly he's doing something right. So He hired Anthony Lynn too, which is heat actually <laughs> okay, now that I think no, about it. So. Never mind, I take it back. Yeah, that, so an... that is heat. So I'm actually kind of glad that he didn't get to hire the coach this time. That's pretty raw. <laughs> Anthony Lynn needs another job. I'm going to say it. A hundred percent. Maybe in I'm like missing. the Calgary Stampeders so I could go Ooh. watch them. <laughs> I was going to say another job in the NFL. <laughs> Where? Oh, and uh, if you guys weren't impressed with AP and uh, Tom Telesco, we're interviewing Cliff Kingsbury for our OC. <laughs> so let's go. Am I crazy to think he might be okay? Because the Steelers are interviewing him too, and I kind of I want him. I'm, I'm okay, well, he you, actually though? as an OC might be okay. But as a head I'm coach, telling you. Yeah. If he wasn't like young and like looked like he was like a GQ model, like, oh, yeah. like every, yeah, well, like a GQ model and looked like he was Sean McVay and Kyle <laughs> Shanahan and Michael Floor wrapped into one, you would not, nobody would be excited about this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. It's a good point. If the, if the house photo of him drafting Isaiah Simmons didn't exist, yeah, he might be still looking for a job because the whole like, I got fired and I'm going to go to Ibiza for three months was not a great look for his career. <laughs> But he does, though. You got to admit, he looks more cutting edge than cutting. Like he's like the oh, most yeah. cutting edge looking coach of all time. Like he looks like he like creates some scheme that nobody'd ever seen before. Oh, he looks like straight out of Silicon Valley, dude. Like that's yeah, that's yeah. the type of vibe he's given off. That's kind of why I'm like, whoa, Steelers, like look out, like a cutting edge guy. But you're 100 percent right. If he was like 50 pounds heavier and like maybe enjoyed more cheeseburgers, he would have no jobs, 100. percent And I would not be noting his name in a coaching search. But yeah, AP, like you said at the time alex i love this ap tbd because it's just there's so many letters in there that's like the alphabet it's so exciting but you know maybe like when max crosby's like if you don't hire him like i want out maybe it's like okay well you can go now like you're not going to play a role in our coaching search it seemed like they kind of got strong-armed 
Um, so I feel for yeah. you. I do. Yeah. Like I said, we'll see. So lots of uh, players strong arming their franchises these days, eh? What's that? Loaded. What's that loaded about? Giannis. Oh, oh, true, true. I'm. Sure I. I did. Let's let's do the Giannis in a second. I also wanted to hit the Titans coach because I really. I said to Adam the other day, I've become extremely fatigued with the like quarterback debates and like the way football's discussed. And I think I'm going to go back to an old school approach where it's just the three categories I'm going to consider when I talk about teams are wins losses and fun and the titans rate at the bottom of this list permanently they're no fun they don't really get wins so adding like a young like 39 year old quarterback whisperer i'm kind of down it seems like a pretty good you know hire for them i I want them to be more fun really if they can get something out of our boy jeans billy jeans that would be really exciting for me personally i want him to have a revenge arc after the whole situation so I'm in, I'm Who did in he exactly this. quarterback wisp whisper to uh, Joe Burrow Joe Burrow. to Jamar Chase and yeah <laughs> good point good oh. point they also listed oh. in his list they were like he quarterback was he worked with Peyton Manning he worked with oh. Joe Burrow he worked with Matt Stafford with Jake Browning and worked with Jake Browning and then they slipped in he worked with Derek Carr and I thought oh when <laughs> when did he get the chance to whisper to Derek Carr was that when he was unusable for a couple of years or was that like when they made the playoffs and I think it was in the unusable phase wrong mm, yeah, I'm not sure Derek Carr seems like he might not work well with whispering he might need like some yelling he might need like yeah. a, a old white guy with a bowl cut who maybe has orange hair to do the yelling too. Yeah. (laughs) Derek Carr, I hate that guy. (laughs) I love the Saints hiring John Gruden as OC. Like, I just can't wait for it to happen. I saw all the reports. I just hope it happens. I really do. I don't get how that's, how is he not still like radioactive? How are they able to do that? I think he is still radioactive, but they're just, you know, going into area 51 anyway. Yeah. I want to know who the Falcons are going to... Like, they brought in uh, Belichick for a second interview. Like, what are we doing a second interview? I thought thought, like it was like a lock. Same. I thought so, too. But what's the second interview? That's kind of like... Like, what? It's like, hey, Bill, it's like either you or this, like, linebackers coach that we really like (laughs) from from the Jets. Can you imagine, like, like, the first interview? It's like behavioral. It's like, so... Like, tell me about yourself. Walk me through your resume. And then the next one's like tactical. It's like, it's like they get Arthur Blank in there and he's like, he's like, he's like, like what are you so doing what are you? here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what alignment is this? He'll like put, put something up on the screen. Yeah. Oh, man. If what formation is this? What sets could you see yourself running out of this? In this situation, what personnel would you employ? It's like, well, there's yeah. 40 years of tape to figure that out. So maybe you could do the research. I'm with you. That if anybody doesn't need a second interview, it's him, dude. He's got all everything you want to know about him has been documented. You can do the research for that. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping they would hire him like a lock, like Alex said, but it seems like it and will I'm kind of interested to see where Rabel goes too. So I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah. You know, I think that's Seahawks. Because the, they're the oh, quietest be... coaching one too, so it seems like that's you know in my yeah, dumb yeah, brain, be raw. quiet plus quiet equals match in my brain. So yeah, who else is missing one? There's a couple, right? The pan well, the Panthers are going to be last. Nobody's going to get. Yeah, no, no one's yeah. going to go there. Panthers are going to have to maybe go the high school route. <laughs> the Bishop Sycamore guy. They <laughs> yeah. the Panthers hired their AGM to be the new GM, which 
was that guy not in the room for all the horrible decisions yeah. they made the last Little five Craig years? Conroy. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that's the Craig Conroy. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's one's so a little raw. strange. Yeah. I think his name's like David Foster or something. I he looks a lot like Johnny Junta. That's how I, I originally saw him because oh, wow. he got Young hired. Guy. And Johnny Junta said, objectively speaking, this guy's very handsome. And it was literally just him. That's who they hired. Is the, it's it's raw because it's like, hey, so like you were in the room for all the mistakes, so now you know exactly what not to do. Yeah, just do the opposite of whatever the GM was doing. I think I'd like to think they did all the interviews, and it's like the first question: Do you think you can turn this around with Bryce Young? And all the GM candidates from external are like, no, like we're going to be trading him. And then that guy was in the room for the trade ups. He's like, yeah, hundred percent. Like this guy got it. <laughs> so they're like, all I right, I loved him. Yeah. I still love him. You guys see those tapes? Yeah. You look at the, the Alabama Panthers. Game. The Panthers strike me also as a franchise that it just wants to do the internal hire just because yeah. it's like, okay, we got his like sin number. Like we already <laughs> got all the documentation. We don't have to do too much paperwork. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's got his deposit. Like we got his banking information. <laughs> like, Dude, external hires like, oh brother, like holy crap, like you know, like we got to change the name him. on the, we got to change the name on the door, like yeah. that's not gonna be. We got to get him an email and that Panther pad. Yeah, yeah, and at Panthers email, like, uh. dude, we got to do new headshots. This one we can just reuse. We don't even exactly, have to, yeah. and we're not going anywhere in the next couple of years. So why would we even? bother with all that work yeah well they're yeah. like how are we doing in the merch closet they're like well we're running low on larges it's like well he's already got his collection so he's not gonna yeah, be yeah. looking for new clothes <laughs> so let's just keep this guy man what a team they will be last i'm trying to think of who else even is out there the, the commanders are out there that seems like the sexiest job to be honest new quarterback think, new ownership i thought it was just a enemy like automatic situation i hope for his sake it is he deserves a chance and the Eagles also firing both coordinators and keeping Sirianni is, I'm going to say bold. I, I've never really seen that happen before where they're like, okay, we like the first guy, but the guys he employed and the second and third in command, no, we're going to get rid of those. It's uh, a little bit odd. I'm not. Uh, and then they let him make the hires, which was like. Yeah. He, like, like he made the hires last year too. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, do you think Matt Patricia is going Atlanta mode? Is that the next spot? I'm praying. T team up with Bill? Yeah. Yeah. I'm praying. I'd be raw. <laughs> Matt Patricia, DC, Josh McDaniels, OC for the Falcons is, I mean, that's a stone cold lock, really. That would be the, the funniest thing ever if it's like, well, Bill just like, he let the nepotism get the best of him and then he goes over to Atlanta and he just brings all the boys over. Yeah. It's like Steve Belichick, OC. <laughs> Joe Judge is back on special teams. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's really what we need. Wow. Now we're cooking with gas. Way to go, Falcons. Run it back on the Patriots model. Patriots not so east. Let's. You want to do Giannis, Alex? Let's do Giannis. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I just thought it was interesting because we were kind of talking about players strong-arming their franchises into making different decisions. And I mean... Uh, clearly it got pretty crazy there in Milwaukee. Like, I didn't even know it was that bad, but it was like, I heard it was so bad. I was reading a couple articles and stuff. They were saying it was so heat that like the front office will have to come down um, during the last two weeks and watch, watch how he'd run the practices just because it was just so chaotic in there. And um, I'm sure everyone saw Giannis like drawing up the play like a couple days ago during a timeout and him refusing to come out of games during substitutions and everything. And, I mean, I kind of feel bad for my guy, Adrian Griffin. Like, he spent a long time with the Raptors and everything. And 
um, kind of not easy for him to go in there and start coaching Giannis and Dame. It's like, all right, what kind of credibility do you have? Like, you know, but yeah, I think um, I've been a little disappointed with Giannis's behavior this year or in the last couple of years, actually, I got to be honest, like um, running into the ball, like running into the tunnel to grab the game ball, almost like hurting someone to do that was, I thought, you know, what about when much. He and then through the ladder and then, yeah. And then, I mean, apparently he did want Adrian Griffin and he didn't want Nick nurse. So now you give Adrian Griffin 40 games and you're out on him after 40 games. I think, I mean, you know, I think it's a little much, um, but I don't know. I guess doc comes in now and that'll be interesting. I, I didn't re I didn't think I'd miss doc that much, but I did. Like he, half an NBA season, I'm already like, okay, where's Doc? Like I need to hear him yelling. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just, I don't know what, what's going on with the Bucks. I Giannis has been acting a bit strange to me. Um, I guess it all makes sense too, just like Giannis picking, you know, the trades and picking the coach and all that, just because they're scared that, you know, he would leave them, right? I think that's kind of also playing a factor is um, the threat. There's always that looming threat that he could leave Milwaukee one day, right? Or ask for a trade. Just because he's always, you know, he's always, even after signing those extensions and everything, he's always in his interviews. He's always like, yep, this could be my last year in Milwaukee. Like, you never know. It's like, hey, he, like, you just signed an extension. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what you guys think about that. The worst part of the whole thing to me is the fact that, like, it sounds like he doesn't, he didn't want Nick Nurse because of, like, one or, like, very limited interactions. He yeah. just, like, got put off by the guy. So that, that to me is, tells me, like, Giannis maybe is a bit, he's a bit, too big for his britches these days like where he feels like yeah. he can make that type of call after like one or two conversations with the guy it seems a bit ridiculous and the fact that ownership is bending backwards to his will um yeah i, I don't really know how this is going to go i mean i think it's they're in a, a semi-tough spot because like clearly they're sort of all in um you know they, they really need to do something this year uh they made the move with dame in the offseason and the fact that like they're switching coaches now tells me they're, they're a little bit maybe desperate and they're, they're not happy with the way things are going. So it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. I don't know if Doc is the answer. Um, I don't know if he, if there's any real answer for, for maybe some of the issues they have, but it's intriguing for sure. Yeah. On one hand, I do agree that it's unfair to Adrian Griffin, like, you know, 40 games, it's a hard job. He gets the third shortest amount of games of any coach ever. And I'm sure I didn't look it up, but I'm sure he has the best record out of anybody who got fired this early because nobody's 30 and 13 with the number one offense, the NBA and getting fired. So on one hand, I feel bad for him. He didn't get a fair shot. On another, on another hand, I also understand that the Bucs, I, I kind of applaud them for being proactive here because it's like, if we really don't think this is going to work out, like we got to try to figure this out now. So let's not wait till the playoffs. If we really don't trust this, is this is a good thing that we have this guy behind the bench. Obviously, they made the hire. They, they need to take the blame for you know, now be on, being on the hook for three coaches this year for fit payroll wise. But I, I do understand that, you know, being proactive is better than just flaming out again in the playoffs if you really don't trust the coach. So I, I understand that. But I also agree with Alex that I, on one hand, I love that <laughs> I love that Alex has incorporated the, the ladder toss and the ball stealing into his Giannis take, because I do agree, like Giannis has been a bit of a heater the last year. And when he had those comments, and I know they were controversial about no year is a failure, and then you act like this, like that's not really corroborating with what you said after you got eliminated against the Heat. Like clearly some things are failures to you. So on one hand, I get it. 
on another hand, I, I'm sort of turned off by the whole thing because I I do feel for the guy. He didn't get a fair shake. 100%. 100%. Because he went like Zen mode in the playoffs. Okay. And some people understood what he said. Some people didn't. And then, like you said, you're acting like this and everything. And um, I just think, I don't know, man. I I think even the Budenhoser stuff was a little like, like, whoa, he didn't coach well in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, his brother died like during a series. And um, I mean, he won a title with you. So um, I know, you, you know, you move on after you know, coaches and everything, but he was a pretty big coach for them in the Milwaukee Bucks franchise. And you'd hope that the guy that they're, you know, bringing in and willing to fire him for is going to stay for at least a season. And then they mess up the Adrian Griffin thing. So um, I guess uh, clearly Doc was the right hire though, I think here, because you're not bringing in another guy that's not really had head coaching experience or doesn't have a pedigree like Doc does. Not that to me, Doc has an insane pedigree. He's just the most gassed, coach he's like mike babcock of, of the nhl right but i mean i i think when doc talks you know players tend to listen right so i think that's kind of what they need and it's i'm interested to see where they where they uh get to but like there was a whole bunch of stuff like adrian griffin tried to change the like defensive scheme too and apparently they were like super pissed about that um and then the whole terry stotts situation right so very weird couple like not even just this season just last couple years for the bucks it's been interesting for me yeah to watch this team yeah and clearly the clearly they just didn't respect him like if no if, if you no. got to bring in doc and i'm with alex i love doc i didn't expect to love doc but there is something so funny about that voice and that walk about sometimes that they just clip the video of him walking. And I just, I miss the guy. I'm with you. I can't wait to see him in his green polo with his shiny head sitting on that yeah. bench. And I hope the walk, <laughs> the walk exactly is iconic. And I really do hope that the bucks, I do hope the bucks get some success in the playoffs. That would make, leave me very happy as a guy. Um, so Let's see. What I, I would. I would kind of want to see Doc win another title because then they just gas him even more than they gas him now, and it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would it'd be sick. He needs another one to get a little bit more gas. I, I, I think they would honestly agree. call him the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> yeah. uh, with the with a second title, like no joke. They really even him and Red Arbach and Popovich, dude. They would just yep. be the big three of coaching, even more so than they already are. Um, look, there's no nice way to say this. Alex called Embiid getting 70 points a fluke. I, I don't know, and he said it wasn't impressive. Now, I don't agree, but I want to hear you out, and I want to give you a chance to expand on that. So go ahead if you want to. Why is that not impressive? Okay, well, my first question to you is, do you think it was impressive that Towns scored 60? I mean, 60 points in an NBA game is impressive. Okay, but like if the team is feeding you and you shoot... 41 times like uh like Embiid did and you go to the free throw line 23 times and you're going up against Zach Collins and and don't say Wendy, who who he has a huge like muscle and weight advantage on I don't think it's impressive because if that's the point you're trying to make during the game it's like okay our point tonight our game plan is we're giving Embiid the ball and Joel you're shooting 40 times you're gonna get to the line 20 times I'd expect him to get 70 points especially with the defense he was going up against um, that was kind of my only, like Wemby's obviously a great player and everything, but that was the only kind of thing. I was like, okay, I'm kind of interested to see how he does against, uh, Embiid and Jokic. I don't know. I don't know if you've watched the Nuggets Spurs game this year. I, I haven't, I don't know how Jokic did against them, but clearly Embiid killed 
any center or anybody they tried to put on him. And then you kind of go with with Towns too. You can even like they, Edward said himself. He was like, "Oh, he was so hot. We were just giving him the ball." It's like okay, but uh, I mean, they were going up against the Spurs, man. I'd be more impressed with like a forty-five game performance in the playoffs than a seventy-point game um, uh, in the regular season on a Monday night against the Spurs. Because uh, I I know you love your Spurs and everything, dude. But that was I, I mean, that's like you know. I know, but then we're we're working a fine line now because now is Kobe's eighty-one against the Raptors. Is that not impressive? Because it was against the Raptors who were terrible. Like to me, it doesn't really matter. I think nine players ever have scored seventy points in a game. I know it happens more frequently now than before, but I mean, seventy points is a seventy points. And I was watching the whole game. Spurs covered the spread, which is basically a win for them. They kept it close the whole way. I felt like Embiid left meat on the bone. I thought if he wanted eighty, he could have got eighty, no problem. Like. I didn't really have a... I thought it was very impressive. I didn't have a problem with it. And I think more so he's the best player in the NBA this season because of how dominant he's been on this team. I, I just... Did you think Kobe's like 62 or whatever in his last game was impressive? Well, no, because he took no. 60 shots. <laughs> but that's okay. what I'm yeah. saying. Like, <laughs> But that's that's different. Like obviously, Embiid's, I mean, obviously, Embiid is way better. But if you bring... like Kobe took 60 because he was just like, he's done. But Joel's... 40 and 20 at the free throw line is kind of like Kobe taking 60 shots. But he was efficient though. Like yeah. it was like an efficient Kobe? 70. No, no, no. Uh, oh, Embiid. Embiid. I mean, yeah. But I mean, seeing some like the, like Collins is holy crap. Oh, he's so like, bad. Like, he's so bad. To me, the Towns one is like, if if I don't even know if I'm, if I'm Carl Anthony Towns, if I'd want to remember that because A, he collapsed and B, they lost the game. Yeah. That one's much less impressive. But Embiid, like... I, I don't really know how to explain it. Like the Sixers play in a way that he's the focal point. So it didn't to me feel like that much different than what would could have happened in any game because it's like, it's a close game. He gets the ball all the time. His job is set people up. If he can score, he can score. He's going to the line a whole bunch. Like, he had 60 after three, and it was a five-point game, 10-point game. Like It didn't you know, feel like it was breaking the rhythm of the team for him to do that to me. You know what my problem is? My problem is, is that at this point of your career, you're in the conversation with Giannis, who has a title. You're in the conversation with Jokic, who has a title. You're in the conversation with, you know, yeah. Alex guys. guy. He can't win a title in January against the Spurs. But dude. that's, but dude, he's not like 24, 25. Like when Booker dropped 70 or whatever, however many 60 he had on the, on the Celtics or whatever, he was like 22 years old. He was in like his third year. That was sick. But like he's 29. I mean, sure. 70 congrats. Good job. But like, I don't know. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that sick. I think you gotta like. Why are you playing against the Spurs? Is my question. Well, that's like, a different. If you're gonna also, commit to the, if you're gonna commit to the, um, load management, then commit. You know. Here's what I'll say: is is I don't think you can score that many points in an NBA game unless you're being force fed the ball. And so, if you want to say exactly, well, that's what I'm like. If you want to say that many points is, is like, impressive at all, like then you have to admit that like it's okay to be force fed the ball to a certain extent because that's just not possible otherwise like you're just not going to take that volume of shots now i I get like the people that want to say that the if the efficiency isn't there it's less impressive but i think in this case like with Embiid, the efficiency really was there like he he didn't he had a really good shooting night um 
from an efficiency standpoint. So I don't know. I guess the only thing I can think as to why you might discount this is the competition, which yeah. is fine. But it's, I mean, it's an NBA team. Yeah. Well, Wemby was giving him a healthy 33 and seven on the other end. But, you know. But, but he could do this every night, though, if he wants. Yeah. He could. He's the great, he he's could the because he played Charlotte. Right he is. Oh, but he make, he always makes sure to play Charlotte in San Antonio. <laughs> and he played Charlotte. So he played the exact same amount of minutes. 36 minutes in both games. He had 33 points against Charlotte, um, but he only shot 23 field goals. And he shot 41 in um, against San Antonio. So he could do this every night if that's the point they want to make. I do think to an extent, Alex, I agree with you because from watching the Spurs every night, I, I do think that most of the big guys who come in to play us put a target on us because they know what the media says. They know people are going to watch this game and they want to show up Wemby. I think there's no other way to say it. So getting a 41 shots up is not surprising to me, but because his usage is so high regularly, I didn't feel like it was that out of the ordinary for him to be putting up that many shots because that team is built around. He's going to create, he's basically like a pseudo guard for them because we have to, he's so big, he's so dominant. You got to send doubles and then he just passes out of them. Like, to me, it didn't feel that out of the ordinary, but forty-one against Denver to me is more impressive than um, than seventy against the Spurs. I did. You're going up against Jokic. That's your like MVP rival. Um, he had ten assists, so I don't think that's crazy to say. I personally disagree, but I I, I think I, I just think it matters who you play, man. And like I don't want to be too hard on the Spurs, but go ahead, go ahead. It's fine. They're they're no, a just, crap like, team. I, I agree. Uh, I don't know if some of those guys are like NBA players. Like I don't like Zach. Like Zach Collins is, is a is a bum. Is a certain that, that's, and that's bum. that's what I'm saying. Like you know, so that's why I think the Denver one's more impressive because it's like, damn, you're going up against Jokic. You're going up against like some really good players. Denver's a great team. Forty one. You know, so I don't know, but yeah, and I know we got to go soon, but I also I need to hold your feet to the fire again on another crazy take you made this week 14 wins in a row is now a fluke okay that's because i was just pulling your leg there <laughs> are you sure because you were fighting pretty hard on that <laughs> i was just cheesed that the flames lost because i was actually pretty convinced the flames would win i was like okay this like the flames could get up for this game pretty big like you get a chance to end the win streak for the oilers um but <laughs> i mean it wasn't the. I mean, well, actually, it's kind I want to hear Mickey real. Mouse. It is, it like is a little Mickey Mouse, eh? Because there's guess who they have? Guess who's coming? They just beat Columbus to extend the streak, and let's go. And guess who's coming into town tomorrow or the day after? Chicago Blackhawks. So you can chalk yeah. that up to like sixteen, and then you got Nashville. And then so, it'll end the game after that. It'll be over. No, when are you saying it's going to end, Owen? At sixteen. It'll end at 16 because they're okay. going to play the Golden Knights and they're going to lose. Let's like, go. That's what I was telling Phil. Dude. The not, Golden like, Knights are going to come into that I'll game give them, and end it. I'll give them credit for the, the Leafs. That's a hard team. Um, no, that's, oh, yeah. They were the playing Kings. real well. They were playing real well when they came into Edmonton. <laughs> See, this is what... Do you want them to cut? I mean, obviously, yeah, the Kings, the Kings have like two many. wins. The Kings have like two wins in January. They're so bad. But because is, that's what is. I was telling Phil. It's Mickey Mouse. No, it's not. That's the thing. It doesn't matter because they're the seventh team ever to win 14 games in a row out of like 1,800 teams to ever play. Like, how is that a fluke? How is that not impressive? It doesn't matter who they play. They're the seventh team admit, ever. Though, it's like, it's pretty, they got a pretty 
like fortunate 14 game stretch of oh, teams 100%, here. Percent, like the dude. schedule's blessed them a little bit. Oh, absolutely it has, but not if it was so easy every other team would dominate this part of the stretch like this. I will say I will say it is impressive to stay this I what, what's impressive for me is not I mean, I guess this goes into the win streak but is staying this like focused for ever since what? December 21st, so a whole month. Because like obviously teams always lose to bad teams because you know you don't come out in the game you're not focused. Yeah, I will say like I think Noblo has done like a really good job of keeping these guys focused during this stuff. But the, it's been a very fortunate schedule. A hundred percent. But to your point of focus, th- that's the best way to emphasize it. This is why it's impressive. Like it doesn't matter that it's light teams. There's no like eight sevens in there. There's no six fives. It's like. 3-1, 4-1. It's just steady play the whole way through. Like, it's never really deviated. So Can I say, as great as this win streak's been, but the way the Oilers season has gone, I'm not going to say they're going to lose 14 in a row, but I smell like a 7-8 game losing streak coming up again. Well, you're... Well, I love that. You guys are evil, man. What do you, what do you say, Owen? Alex, I love that. Make sense? I was seeing the same thing. Well, Alex yeah. is so jealous these days. It's just... I told him, jealousy <laughs> is a stinky cologne and he's been wearing it every single day and it's just... I really... It gets my dander up because I just want respect, man. I get it. It was a bad start, but man, this is a this is an unparalleled stretch of dominance here for the last two or three months. I mean, 24 and 6 in their last 30. Come on. Well, and I think respect. like the goaltending's tightened up too, right? So, oh yeah, like I didn't expect Pickard to actually be winning NHL games, but he has to to his credit. So, yeah. Oh, Phil, I, I well, both of you, I gotta ask: is 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 um, coach in the NF, in the NHL like the most useless? Is that the most useless impact of any coach in professional sports? Like, I don't well, know, I think it's is the this most. Guy, or is this guy just a beast? I think it's most impact or well, it's football the most is impactful. Most. The amount of times I've seen a coach come in and get a team to like a Stanley Cup final or even win it. Is insane. Yeah. So is this guy just a beast? I think he's really, I think he's just fit what they needed well, at the right time. Woodcroft was a beast too. So I, I I don't know how that works. I think it's just, I think NHL coaches have a really short shelf life. Is yeah. What it is. Well, I don't think you can say the Oilers didn't upgrade with this move. I mean, I think that, that sometimes you just need a different system for the players that you have. Like I, I don't really but, know how okay, else to but describe you it. can't say confidently that Nabla won't be the coach in three years. Oh yeah, no, these guys' shelf lives are very short. But to your point, hockey's coaches are look at Philadelphia. I mean, John Tortorella is just willing the Flyers to the playoffs. Like that's just what he's doing. He's just and, putting them on his back. And look at the Golden Knights. Two years ago, they completely missed the playoffs. Bruce Cassidy comes in, who was like exiled from Boston for whatever reason. And then he comes in and wins the Stanley Cup with the Golden Knights. Like, it's it's incredible what a new coach can do. Yeah, I think least impact is basketball, 100%. Most impact football, hockey, and then baseball above basketball. But baseball and basketball are at the tail end. Yeah, I Really? I would say baseball would be last, but, well, I don't know. Yeah. Like if it, yeah maybe. Only for like know. the only for like the pitching substitutions and stuff. I feel like yeah, it's yeah. more critical than anything that could happen in basketball. Right. What happened to Bruce Boudreaux? Where's he at? Oh, good question. Dylan? NHL Network. He's my guy. Oh, good. Maybe he'll like find a one. job somewhere. So, I yeah. So. I don't really have much else. I like Terry Rozier for Miami. Yep. That was a good trade. Good for them. Tristan Thompson taking SARMs is objectively just hilarious. I just It just never fails to make me laugh whenever I think about it. Alex made a good point. He did go from like 
playing with Malika Andrews on the NBA Today set to being in the NBA like a week later. So, you know, taking some storms does actually make some sense when you think about it like that. But it's just, you know, to, to take storms to average four a game is just pretty funny. I, there's no other way to say it. <laughs> He's back with the Cavs, too. That's wild. He really is. I didn't know that. I th- he might get his number retired for the, how many times that fan base has taken him back. <laughs> Which is wild. But yeah, outside of that, it's uh championship weekend and then maybe well we can't we could get a move on, on the move on the movie front and start next week. We could start next week, yeah. I'm yeah. down. Okay. Anyway, ten. Ten. Love it. Love to see it. Good times. Enjoy the grind, Owen. Get back in the lab. How many more classes today? Thank you. No more class. Well, I already had it, but now I'm done. Love it. And have a good massage, yeah. Alex. It's going to be sick. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks, boys. See you around. <laughs>